Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here on this Monday edition. Happy Monday, everybody. We're going to break down the 49ers tight end group as we preview position by position the 49ers roster heading into 2020 training camp. Have the 49ers negotiations with George Kittle hit a snag? There were multiple reports late in the week that the Niners and George Kittle were far apart after a much different picture was painted by John Lynch on the KMBR airwaves earlier in the week, which is curious. And how good is George Kittle? How much is he worth? Is he potentially the most valuable offensive non-quarterback in the NFL? I want to play a segment from Locked On NFL featuring myself and co-host Matt Williamson, who had some glowing things to say about George Kittle. As always, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Let's get some mailbag questions going for Tuesday's episode, and we'll hit a couple as well with Nick, I'm sure, on Winky Wednesday this week. And good news as far as opt-outs go, knock on wood, for the 49ers. They have zero players so far that have opted out, and there are some big-name players, relatively big-name players around the league that have opted out so far. Names like C.J. Mosley, the latest for the New York Jets, Up to eight Patriots so far. Will there be more Patriots that opt out before the season? Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, Dan Vitale, Nate Solder, offensive tackle for the New York Giants opting out. A couple of uh, pretty important players to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl run last year. Running back Damian Williams, who I thought might maybe should have been the Super Bowl MVP, has opted out. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie first-rounder, looks like he's going to get all the carries in that Chiefs backfield as a rookie. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Right guard, he's gonna he's got a doctorate in medicine. I, I don't think that makes you a doctor to have a doctorate in medicine, right? Those are two separate things. I don't know, but he's gonna stay in Canada as an work as an orderly and help fight COVID nineteen. So uh, that's pretty cool and hurts the Chiefs, but uh, you know that it's it's pretty amazing to achieve that much in your life. You're like, well, should I go be a doctor or should I go be a starting NFL player? That's tough. Well, I already have a Super Bowl ring. Let's go fight this global pandemic. I mean, that's kind of insane, right? Uh, So good on Laurent Duvornay Tardif. Solid name as well. I mean, there's a lot of players who are uh, opting out right now. None on the 49ers thus far. There are two players so far that have been placed on the reserve COVID list. And again, doesn't mean that they necessarily tested positive for COVID-19. They could have but it just means that uh, either they did test positive or they were in close contact with someone who did have it, and so they needed to be self-quarantined. And then after they get a couple of negative tests, they can come back and practice again. One of those players being Richie James, who has a broken wrist, who's not going to come back and practice anyway. And then backup running back Jeffrey Wilson is the the second player to have been put on the reserve COVID-19 list for the 49ers. So. All things being equal, as far as opt-outs and positive tests, the 49ers are doing pretty well. And I almost wish I didn't say that last sentence because uh, obviously, as we've seen with this virus, that can change very quickly. So hopefully, Niners protocols are working. NFL-wide protocols are going to be strong and help out. And we don't see a situation like we've seen in Major League Baseball where they've had to cancel a bunch of games and uh, a few people on one team I mean, that's how quickly it can, ha- it can happen, right? But luckily, NFL teams don't play as often 
So maybe that helps. The fact that they're not flying city to city and playing games back to back night after night, less likely to spread to other teams, but there are bigger rosters in the NFL, may hopefully better protocols. I don't know. Likely comes down to how well players do when they're not at the facility. A lot of questions still to be answered in this wacky offseason, but I want to talk tight end group. I want to talk George Kittle because there's late news about potentially him wanting more money and that the sides are far apart with the 49ers and Kittle. How valuable is George Kittle? I want to play a segment from Locked On NFL last week where my co-host Matt Williamson and I discuss this very topic. He had... George Kittle in his poll of the top and on Twitter, when you put in, put out a poll, you only have four options. So he had George Kittle as one of his top four skill guys in the NFL talking non-quarterbacks. This is what Matt Williamson had to say about how impactful George Kittle is. All right, Matt, I don't know if you want to preface this poll question. Sure. What made you throw this out there on Twitter for who was the best skill position player in the NFL? I threw out a question very vague, just saying who's the best skill position player in the league and got a lot of responses. So I used those responses to pick four names. And the four names I picked were Julio Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, and Michael Thomas. And the two that I would have, if there were six spots, I would have added Saquon. I would have added Tyreek, which some people might not look at Tyreek as a the number three receiver. I just think he is so scary and defensive coordinators hate playing against him. And that carries a lot of weight for me. Um, And the more I thought about it with all respect to the offensive linemen in the league right now, if we included the, if I changed this conversation of who's the best offensive player, non quarterback in the league right now, I think the list would be exactly the same. There's no Ogden Walter Jones in the league right now that I think could say, that offensive lineman is the best offensive player in the whole league. So this conversation basically comes down to who's the best offensive player on the planet right now that's not a quarterback. And my followers voted for Christian McCaffrey, which I pretty much expected. I mean, the season he just put up, he got 46% of the votes. Uh, Julio got 24. Obviously, Julio has the best body of work of these guys. Your boy Kittle got 20% and Michael Thomas got 10 And people are probably going to say, well, who are your guys' votes? My vote, and it really isn't that close for me, is George Kittle. Ooh, really? Okay. Right. So that's going to lead me to another conversation. That's why I'm going this. I, when I looked at the poll and I just clicked on it right at the beginning of this segment because I hadn't participated in it yet, uh, my initial thought was my vote is, is Julio for sure. I clicked on Kittle because I expected Kittle to have the fewest votes. So I just want to add a little bit to him at the bottom. And I was surprised he had twice as many votes as Michael Thomas. That that surprised me. Maybe because there was two wide receivers on the list and some of that got split. But McCaffrey is fourth for me because you know how I feel about running backs. Even though I love Christian McCaffrey, he's great. But to me, it's Julio, probably Kittle and Thomas tied, and then McCaffrey four. Okay. And my logic with Kittle is the same logic, and I am not comparing him to Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, to me, and I say this all the time, and I get a lot of blowback on it, is the best non-quarterback, in my opinion, of this generation. And for all the same reasons that I took Kittle number one, because there's no answer for him. You know, I mentioned how Tyree Kill terrifies defensive coordinators. I promise you, 
playing against Gronk in their prime, defensive coordinators would rather line up against Julio, AB, Odell in his prime, whoever the best running back you can remember, uh, just because it's they're easier to defend. I mean, there's there's what type of defensive player can guard Gronkowski one on one? Or the beauty of them is if you're gonna if they whatever personnel they trot out there, if you're gonna try to defend the Patriots with lighter guys, then he's gonna line up in line and smash you, and you're gonna they're gonna run down your throat. And there's just no answer. I mean, if you're gonna play heavier to defend the run. Brady motions him out and he's on a linebacker doing dances in the end zone. You know, like I think he's the most indefensible player of this generation on offense, not in quarterback. And I think Kittle is in that same mold for me in that the blocking is outstanding. He's not as good as Gronkowski, but it's, he presents the same problems. I've thought a lot about this recently because of the George Kittle contract and what he should make. And when you think about players like what Gronk was, what George Kittle is now, how impactful they are on every single play, because I said it was Julio for me pretty easily on this poll. And George Kittle impacts the passing game, maybe not to the level of Julio Jones, but he impacts it quite a bit. And he's a tough cover because of, like you said, the mismatch of what you have going on there with a big man who can run and get open. You know, you, he, he, you can't cover him with a linebacker. Some safeties you can't cover him with. You put a small man on him, then you're getting dominated in the run game. And George Kittle's good enough as a blocker against defensive ends in the run game. Forget about it if he gets a defensive back, right? So that's the value. The 49ers, when Kittle was hurt and out last year, they ran for two yards per carry less in those games when he wasn't in there. So that's important. Mm-hmm. And I, I think back historically about contracts for tight ends, and I'm thinking, how is it possible that Gronk wasn't one of the highest paid non-quarterbacks in the NFL because of the impact he brings? And George Kittle brings that impact too. And I'm thinking, man, he's asking wide receiver money and his agent's asking wide receiver money. They should be. The 49ers, no matter what they end up paying him, it's going to be a bargain because he impacts the game way more than some of the wide receivers that are going to be making the contract that he makes, even if he does get wide receiver money. Like, who would you take, Adam Thielen or George Kittle, right? And they're going to end up getting paid the same. Kittle might end up getting paid less. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I couldn't remember what spurred this whole conversation on in my head. And that was it, was George Kittle's agent should listen to this podcast and present it to the Niners and say, I want to be the highest paid offensive player that's not a quarterback in the league. And if it's anything less than that, like you said, the Niners get a deal. Uh, And tight ends are vastly underpaid. Gronk didn't make that much. I mean, as all-time greats go for this generation – uh, it, it's remarkable. I, I, I wonder if the league's going to change in that way. Is Kittle going to be a trendsetter? I can't imagine them letting him go. Of course, I mean, what's even a deal, and this was true like when Aaron Donald's contract is up, if you franchise him, even franchise him a second time, it's the biggest steal in the in the league. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're I still mean, paying him less. So uh, essentially, the, that's where the 49ers bargaining power is. Like, okay, look, tight ends, you're going to make – Four or five million dollars more than the highest paid tight end, anyway. Like mm-hmm. we're off. I'm, I'm sure they're uh, have an offer on the table point. that's yeah. at least you know four million dollars more than the highest paid tight end in the NFL at, at minimum. And they have the option of tagging you two times. That's gonna you're gonna make less than that dollar amount. So basically, it's gonna have to get ugly, and he'll get the tag. Then he'll hold out next off season. That's the only way to play this out for Kittle in the long run. Um, but the leverage is there for the 49ers, and historically, tight end money is so low that 
and actually the latest on that Kittle contract from Ian Rappaport is that the sides aren't particularly close right now. And I thought that there was some inkling that maybe they were inching closer to a deal and it might get done when we've seen some of these other contracts like the Bosa contract and things getting done right at the beginning of training camp. Kittle's going to show up to camp, he said. So he's there. He's already been tested once as far as I know. But yeah, they're not close, which is not super surprising just because what he should be asking. And I'm assuming what the the agent is asking. So they might have to get really creative with some bonus structures, something to make it be like, okay, look, we gave you a lot and you have the potential to make a lot more if you do go crazy, but we can't give you Julio's contract. So Matt, hold on. I know you have more to add to this. I'm interested to find out where exactly you would rank George Kittle on that list of non-quarterbacks on offense in the NFL. But first, I'd like to tell the folks out there about DoorDash. One of the industries that's being hit really hard right now during this pandemic is the restaurant biz, and it's something that's very close to my heart. I've worked in the restaurant business for uh, many years, and some of that as a delivery driver, in fact. Bartender, uh, you name it, I've done just about every job there is to do at bars and restaurants, and it's rough to not be able to go out to bars and restaurants as much or at all anymore. So you can continue to support restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. Choose what you want to eat and food will be left safely on your doorstep. New contactless delivery drop-off setting as well on the DoorDash app. Over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia The best part is right now our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. Again, that's code LOCKEDON, $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So here's what I got for you is you mentioned... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said the Niners ran for two yards more per play with Kittle in the lineup than without, correct? Yes. And they're obviously a very run-based. That's very important in their offense. If it was the Chiefs and it was Kelsey, I wouldn't, you know, bat an eye. But it's super important for that team. Well, here's my Gronk conversation that kind of even overshadows that. So Gronkowski, including the playoffs, he was a Patriot from 2010 to 2018. He missed 33 games in that stretch. We knew he had a lot of injuries. He played in 129. Again, this is including playoffs. Brady took many more sacks and threw many more interceptions per game, the games that Gronk missed. And I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I do have these numbers, which are startling. Brady's passer rating, again, this is 33 games. It's not five. It's a pretty big sample size. Without Gronk, 88.1. Not horrible, obviously. He's Palm Brady. He's going to the Hall of Fame. With Gronk, 103.1. It's massive. Wow. Yeah, that is massive. Here's two more. Pat's winning percentage when Gronk was out of the lineup. They won 73% of their games. I mean, most teams would be like, that's awesome. But they won 80% of their games with Gronk. That one doesn't blow me away but because they win a lot of games, period. But it's still a pretty big jump. This is what's nuts, though, is 
Patriots points per game without Gronkowski, 27.3, which most teams would take. That's pretty darn good. You can win a lot of games racking up 27 points. With Gronk, 38.8. Wow. (laughs) Over 11 more points per game when Gronkowski's in the lineup. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. The the one thing I will say about tight ends and less so with Gronk, a little bit with George Kittle is, and I think Kittle's going to even be better as far as a technician, as a route runner. If you compare tight ends to wide receivers, at least if I know I'm not going to have Kittle, like let's say Kittle is gone. He's not in the picture anymore. You have to replace him. I can replace him with two people. I can get somebody who you can flex out, get some mismatches as a big slot type of wide receiver that maybe can chip guys and block a little bit. And I can get somebody in who is your, you know, block first tight end, your traditional big, almost sixth offensive line type guy who's a good blocker. And I can kind of replace a tight end when it comes to someone like Julio Jones. He has a skill set that's so unique. It's not like you can replace him with a platoon. That That's an irreplaceable talent set and skill set. So that is, I think, the one argument still that I could potentially make for, say, paying a wide receiver instead of paying a tight end. And here's the numbers. Uh, San Francisco averaged 4.83 yards per carry and had 23 rushing touchdowns. In the two games that Kittle missed, the 49ers running backs averaged just 2.63 yards per attempt with zero scores. So... I would counter your argument by saying, yes, you can find two people that do what George does or what Rob does, but the defense is going to sub accordingly. And that's the beauty of the player, you know, is I'm going to bring in nickel. If you bring in that guy that can't block, I'm going to bring in base. If you bring in the heavy dude. And I just brought up Gronk's stats and they went down a little late in his career because the last two years or last year in 2018, he only averaged 13 yards a catch, but for his career, he averaged 15.1 yards a catch. I mean, people think about him as a big lumbering dude. He get that. He would get downfield. I mean, in 2016, he averaged 21.6 yards a catch. It's crazy. Right. He wasn't just this red zone weapon. Uh, he was a big dude that can rumble, too, man. Uh, yeah, uh, he was he was he, he had Kittle some rare movements, movement skills, just like kill. Yeah. Get him out in space and watch him run, run through on yeah. tackles, run past guys, safeties. It's it's fun to watch safeties go. Oh, this tight end's about to run by me it's like uh, or over a, me or right. <laughs> right. Or they're worried about the over and then they're like, oh, crap. Now <laughs> I can't catch him. Yeah. So, you know what? You convinced me, Matt. I'm with you. George Kittle, best skill yep. position player in the NFL. And you should uh, talk, tell your uh, locked on Niners folks. I said so. I'm they got the to. best offensive player in the league. That's not a quarterback. Maybe I'll just put this whole segment on the show because I think there you go. Uh, I think the 49ers fans out there would love to hear it. There you go. That is from my locked on NFL co-host Matt Williamson, former college and pro scout, former ESPN analyst. Uh, he's with that NFL 100 rating of the number seven overall player in the NFL, the top offensive non-quarterback. In the league, according to Matt Williamson, according to a lot of 49ers fans' hearts, will he be paid like it? That's a good question. Since that episode of Locked On NFL, Mike Silver has come out and had a similar report to what Ian Rappaport had talked about on NFL Network about the 49ers being far apart from George Kittle and signing a deal. And by the way, you can go back and listen to that episode of Locked On NFL from last week, or you can... Uh, just subscribe to Locked On NFL. Listen to Matt and I talk about NFL football, the goings-ons, little 49ers in there as well. 
can't tell the story about the NFL without a marquee franchise like the 49ers, right? Talking about the league daily on Locked On NFL, so go subscribe and check that out if you're not already a listener. So let's just hear the quote from Mike Silver on NFL Network for those of you who didn't hear it. And it's odd because John Lynch was just on KNBR and he painted a picture of something that sounded pretty rosy and that that Kittle contract, while difficult, might be very close and on the horizon. He even talked about his own contract that should be around the corner. And then like two days later, his contract was done. And then all of a sudden you get these conflicting reports about maybe the 49ers being far apart on a deal with George Kittle. Well, Steve, there remains a pretty significant disconnect philosophically between the 49ers and George Kittle's camp. The 49ers believe they want to reset the tight end market and give him a great tight end deal. And Kittle's kind of saying, I think I'm more than just a tight end. And it's been a really flat market at that position. Jimmy Graham was kind of the standard off his 2014 deal. Austin Hooper eclipsed that by a little bit this past March in free agency. But if you look at him as a tight end, yeah, George Kittle could reset the market. But George Kittle, who was just voted the seventh best player in the league by his peers, and in my opinion has earned that distinction, is thinking, I I don't want to be called a tight end for the purposes of these negotiations. That voice was Mike Silvers, a clip he put on his Twitter account. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the funky backing music on that clip as well that I just noticed for the first time. Uh, But yeah, it's... Here's my take on that clip, and and we hear sort of a concerted agenda. And I say agenda because, so within the span, or basically the same week, you hear Ian Rappaport on the same airwaves, NFL Network, say the 49ers and George Kittle might be far apart in negotiations. Right after you hear John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers, who's negotiating that contract and is in the room or on the Zoom call when they're negotiating this kind of stuff, you know, have some more rosy things to say about it. Paint a rosier picture about that negotiation. Obviously, it's not easy or else it would already be done. So there has to be some gap, right? Or else, you know, ink would be drying on that contract. But to hear Ian Rappaport and then hear Mike Silver as well have essentially the same report. John Liston hang up the phone after talking with KNBR and then dial up Ian Rappaport or Mike Silver and be like, hey, guys, we're really far apart. You know, that that information didn't come from the 49ers' side. So it's pretty clear that that information came from George Kittle's side. That came from the agents. And maybe they heard that interview with John Lynch, and they thought, well, okay, we, we've got to put some opposite information out there because we're trying to get every cent we can for our client right now. That's what those reports tell me. Are they accurate? Are the 49ers really far apart? Are they pretty close? Is there one... Is there one small snag they're trying to figure out, trying to go public with it to somehow help that out, which I don't know if that would help anyway. Maybe try to get you know the fans' side on it. There's the hashtag pay George Kittle out there, right? So the more pressure that fans put on the 49ers, maybe the more willing the, they would be to cave on something. Parag maybe he doesn't want to cave on a certain structure of the contract or something like that. You know, It, it could be a number of things in between being very close and being far apart. All this time, the two sides have had to negotiate a deal. If it was far apart, that would be a very bad sign. And that would tell me that the 49ers might have to, or basically both sides might have to start playing hardball if they're trying to actually get that near top market wide receiver money because the 49ers 
just don't have to go there when you look at all of the negotiating factors with this contract. Aside from George Kittle being great, the NFL 100 list, which is garbage, and, and it's, it's usually one of the worst top 100 lists, and you see a lot of lists every year. I think there's more lists than normal right now because of this offseason we've got going on. It's a bad list, so that's not something that they can use as negotiation. They can use record-setting tight end receiving yardage, which is a lot more valuable and something that plays a lot better in negotiations, I think. And George Kittle's awesome, and he deserves all the money he can get, and essentially what he can get is probably going to be fine, and the Niners are going to find value because he's not going to get Julio Jones $22 million a year. He's just not going to because there's no precedence for that. Let's get into that and the rest of the 49ers tight ends coming up. Travis Kelsey, I mean, if you're just going through the, it's really easy. Go through the negotiations. Travis Kelsey didn't break the market, break it, break it, right? Gronkowski had as much of a claim as George Kittle does now in the past to do it, and it didn't happen then. So, you know, George Kittle's agent, I mean, if you're the 49ers and they come with a, a crazy number, you're going to say, okay, so George Kittle deserves to be paid double what Gronk and prime Travis Kelsey have gotten paid, right? The tight end market is the tight end market. Uh, we could just franchise tag you, and you're going to make a lot less than we're even offering you. They can The 49ers can still franchise tag George Kittle twice, and that's after he plays this year under a $2.1 million contract, which is well underpaid. Or there's that option now of the opt-out, which is weird because the CBA is structured in a way that George Kittle can't. I mean, he could technically, but he, he wouldn't accrue this season if he held out, and so he showed up to camp because of that, right? So he can accrue that season so he actually can become a free agent on time. You want to talk about the court of public opinion, George Kittle opting out or holding out, that would really swing it the other way if that's what Kittle's agents are doing trying to talk to NFL Network and say that they're far apart on a deal trying to get public opinion on their side, put some pressure on the 49ers to come up with a little bit more money. You know That tells me maybe that it is really close, and we've seen it with the Raheem Mostert deal already. He's like, I want to trade. And then the 49ers, are, according to John Lynch, it's like, yeah, this is kind of the deal we already had offered you, and that's what they finally agreed to. So I don't know how far apart they actually are. Maybe this is a last-ditch effort by the agents to try to get whatever extra last thing they're trying to get in the contract. Maybe, that's, maybe it's an indicator they actually are really close, and this is a last-ditch effort knowing that this opt-out date is coming because they know they're going to sign very soon to try to get that deal done. Who knows? But uh, I'm not in the room. I can't say. All I do know is that George Kittle is extremely valuable for the 49ers, and he should get paid a ton of money. And it's unfortunate for him that the tight end market hasn't marched up like some other position groups recently. Like if, let's say if Zach Ertz was a free agent this year and and Travis Kelsey was a free agent this year, and then Kittle was a free agent next year. Those guys could march up the number a little bit, and then he could take the baton and take it a little bit further. It'd be a lot easier to get that number higher. But when you're going from where it is right now, and I mean, I just don't see him being able to double the top of the market, which maybe you could argue he'd be that worth that, which is why the 49ers, whenever the number comes out, whether it's 14, 15, 16 million a year, whatever it turns out to be, it's going to blow away whatever the top tight ends are being paid around the league, which is a little over $10 million, almost $11 million right now for Austin Hooper. He'll blow that away no matter what, and it'll still look really good for the 49ers because he is that valuable to the team. Who's behind George Kittle? What if George Kittle held out? Who would be the starting tight end? What if George Kittle opted out? Who would be the starting tight end? That would be Ross Dwelly, number 82. He's got a fan club. 
He only caught 15 balls last year. By the way, Kittle, 85 receptions, obviously led the team. 1,053 yards, obviously led the team. His five touchdown receptions also led the 49ers receivers there. So he's a big part of the passing game, and he will kick your ass as a blocker. We all know those things about George Kittle. Ross Dwelly, not as good, but he's a solid backup, right? He's a solid reserve tight end. Maybe you prefer him to be the third tight end than the second tight end. He caught 15 balls last year for 91 yards, a couple of touchdown passes, seems well-liked on the team. Uh, He actually notched six starts last year. So if you add that up to George Kittle's 14 starts, Kittle missed two games last year. That's a total of 20 starts. That means the Niners lined up in two tight end sets on their first play of offense in the games six times at least, right? Or four times at least. Two of those games he started when George Kittle was out. So they went two tight out tight ends to start some games there, which is why Ross Dwelly has six starts. So he only caught 15 balls, though. The only other tight end on the roster that even caught a pass that was targeted at all last year was Levine Toilolo, and he only caught two passes for 10 yards. He was obviously... I mean, Levine Toilolo is basically a... Is it Levine or Levine? I, I keep forgetting. Gosh dang it. I think it's Levine. Levine Toilolo. He is essentially a sixth offensive lineman. That's what Levine Toilolo is. And Levine Toy Lolo's gone. He's on another roster now. He signed with the uh, with the New York Giants. Is that right? Yeah. So Ross Dwelly's still around. He'll be the backup to George Kittle. But the 49ers spent a draft pick on the tight end position. And they do have some holdovers. Well, they have one more holdover from last year in Daniel Helm. Didn't get a lot of playing time. He was on the practice squad last year. Charlie Warner, they drafted in the sixth round this year. He signed on the first day that rookies were to report to camp after he got his Physical and negative coronavirus test. Charlie Warner, the rookie out of Georgia, will be wearing number 89, and he will block you. He's a a poor man's George Kittle as far as what kind of a prospect he is. Someone who was maybe underutilized in the passing game at Georgia, but maybe a little bit more athletic, maybe has a little bit more there as a receiver at the pro level than he did at the college level. Nowhere near what George Kittle has athletically, like, you know, 4-5-2, 40 time. He doesn't have that. But he ran in the 4-7s, I think low 4-7s. And he can move a little bit, and he's not afraid to hit you. And you can move him around. He could be a backup fullback to Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, he could line up at that Y tight end in line. You could split him out a little bit if you want to. But I think the 49ers clearly liked Charlie Warner because his attitude, the way he likes to block people, and they needed someone who's going to be able to block, losing Levine Toy Lolo. And... I don't expect him to compete with Ross Dwelly. I think he's clearly the number three tight end, though, on the roster going into camp. The 49ers added another rookie tight end to the mix, Chase Harrell. He was an undrafted free agent. I wasn't sure if he was going to be playing tight end, if he was going to be playing defensive end. There were some conflicting reports there, and he's a specimen out of Arkansas, but just never really put it together as a football player in college. So they basically have a a piece of clay, see what you get out of Chase Harrell. Maybe he's someone that could stick on the practice squad and potentially make a roster down the road, but it's still a pretty thin position group. You've got five tight ends there. Uh, After Kittle, it gets thin quickly. Ross is the only one that has any sort of pro production and experience. So even if George Kittle was to get hurt, Uh, It gets thin very quickly, and I I thought it was a position maybe the 49ers would still try to address with maybe a veteran that's on the street. Who knows? They'll look at some folks that get cut when rosters cut down at the end of 
training camp. I don't know, but I feel like there needs to be another addition here, another veteran presence, because you're going to trust Ross Dwelly, who was an undrafted free agent a couple of years ago, a six-round rookie after him, and that's going to be your tight end roster after George Kittle. If George Kittle goes down, that's a huge loss to the 49ers offense, uh, both the passing game and the running game. And it would be anyway, but just not a lot of depth there. And by the way, one name that comes up a lot when it comes to the 49ers and tight end is David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns. He said Sunday that he rescinded his trade request. He had requested a trade earlier this offseason, former first round pick out of Miami. Uh, He's a specimen, hasn't really put it all together as a player, has been banged up a lot. He said, no, I'm good. I'm staying in Cleveland. I'm fine with it. He had talked to the GM Andrew Barry in Cleveland. So David Njoku rescinded his trade request. It would seem that he's off the market. I'm guessing Cleveland didn't get any offers that they liked even a little bit uh, in that period that David Njoku had requested a trade because they just spent the most money ever on a tight end, the highest paid tight end currently in the league in Austin Hooper to play ahead of him, although they might go two tight ends quite a bit. So they drafted a guy too, Harrison Bryant, fourth round. Man, I thought Njoku could have been a sneaky, really good fit for the 49ers. Some George Kittle insurance if the contract talks don't really go well or if Kittle gets hurt. Man, Njoku in Kyle Shanahan's offense uh, could be something. That could have been something that sparked his career. But that doesn't look like it's an option anymore. The Broncos released Jeff Hireman this week or last week. I don't know if that's maybe an option for the 49ers. I, I would look at that veteran tight end market if I'm the 49ers there might be somebody on the street they could scoop up they could help out at least have some reps in camp and maybe provide some needed depth depending on where that rookie Charlie Warner is with such a screwy offseason for rookies to get ready for the 2020 season thanks everybody for listening be back tomorrow let's get that mailbag going we'll look at some other positions here this week and throughout training camp talking about the 49ers current roster unfortunately we're not going to get any preseason games to break down but if you have any questions send them my way at bd peacock on twitter i prefer twitter you can also email though locked on 49ers at gmail and i'll talk to you tomorrow right here locked on 49ers